Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that everyone had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. I personally had a very great weekend. It was pretty productive, I would say, which is not what I thought was in the cards for me. But hey, you know what? We can all surprise ourselves. I also did some shopping, hit up the Memorial Day sales, which by the way, I feel like they always say that there are sales. And then it ends up that when I go to the store, I happen to pick like the three items that are not on sale. I don't know if that happens to any of you guys, but it is pretty frustrating. And then at that point, you feel like you've already committed to the items, you already want them. Game over. Aside from shopping, this past weekend, I really just enjoyed the amazing weather that we had here in Chicago. So nice, so sunny, so warm, zero complaints. Also, we figured out that you can see fireworks from our apartment Such a perk, such a pleasant surprise. We were just sitting in our living room one day and suddenly fireworks go off. It was beautiful and apparently they're going to be having fireworks every Saturday up until Labor Day. So we are in for a show every single weekend. Gotta love those hidden perks. That's pretty much all that's new with me. I've been enjoying the short week this week, but again, I've told you guys this before. Sometimes the short weeks seem the longest, which has kind of been playing out that way for me. But it's Thursday, which means there's only one day left until that sweet, sweet weekend again. I don't yet have anything in store, but I kind of just want it to feel like a completely summer-filled weekend. That's kind of how last weekend was. It truly felt like the start to summer, and I just want that to continue on until this weekend. But I will say, which I will talk about a bit later, having it feel so much like summer does tend to make me feel like two things. One, I need to be doing something constantly, like something fun constantly. And two, like I don't really want to do anything productive, which is not exactly the mindset that I want to be in right now. So we'll talk about ways to turn that around a bit later in this podcast episode. But before we do that, let's get right into what's hot this week. The first story, really just a quick informational list for you guys. The movie's coming to theaters in June. I know a lot of people have been returning to theaters, some for the first time in over two years, so if you are looking for a new movie to see, we have entered the month of June, and there are some good ones coming up, coming to a theater near you. Here's a list for you guys from ScreenRant.com. Movies coming out tomorrow, June 3rd, Watcher, Crimes of the Future, and Neptune Frost. Coming out June 10th, Jurassic World Dominion, June 17th, Lightyear, and June 24th, a couple movies, Elvis, I really want to see that one, The Black Phone, looks scary, I don't want to see that one, and Press Play, Romantic Drama, sounds right up my alley. Thank you Screen Rant for that list, I just think that it's fun to share those because I feel like whenever there's a movie that I do want to see in theaters, I completely forget when it's going to be released. Like Elvis, I had no idea that it was coming out in June, but I knew that I wanted to see it. So, now I know, June 24th. Hopefully that list helped you guys a little bit, and maybe it makes you want to hit the theaters this summer yet again. Alright guys, next up for what's hot, some more entertainment news, but focusing on one movie in particular. According to Variety.com, Box Office, Top Gun Maverick debuts to stratospheric $124 million. Variety writes, Tom Cruise may have pulled off one of the most daring stunts of his career, 
getting audiences to go to the movies for something that doesn't involve superheroes. Top Gun Maverick pulled in blockbuster ticket sales in its opening weekend, collecting $124 million for a record 4,732 North American cinemas. Paramount and Skydance's all-American action adventure was expected to collect $151 million through Monday, defying expectations while also looking to set a new high-water mark for Memorial Day opening weekends. Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, which launched with $153 million over the long weekend in 2007, currently holds a holiday record. That's a testament to dazzling reviews, heaping doses of nostalgia, and getting crews back in the cockpit to perform real aerial stunts as pilot Pete Maverick Mitchell. At the international box office, the sequel to 1986's Top Gun took flight with $124 million, an impressive sum since the movie isn't playing in key territories China and Russia. In total, Top Gun Maverick has grossed $248 million worldwide. Top Gun Maverick is the highest-grossing domestic debut in Cruz's 40-year career and his first to surpass $100 million on opening weekend. War of the Worlds, which opened to $64 million in 2005, previously stood at Cruz's biggest opening weekend. It's also one of the top pandemic-era openings after Spider-Man No Way Home, with $260 million, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, with $187 million, and The Batman with $134 million. Audiences over 40 years old, the people who were top of mind when Paramount greenlit another Top Gun, turned out in force, which were 50% of ticket buyers, which is impressive because it's the demographic that has been the most reluctant to return to theaters. Still, the dazzling stunts in Maverick managed to entice a significant percentage of millennial moviegoers. 45% of people were 35 or younger, who were not alive when Top Gun opened 36 years ago. The film's positive word of mouth should be helpful in continuing to reach younger crowds. Very interesting, like we were just talking about with the new movies coming out in June. There are so many people that have not gone to a movie theater in so long. So to see this kind of level of turnout, this article was written before Memorial Day weekend. So with this past weekend that we had, I'm sure that they did see that number raise even more. It's also crazy the stat that 45% of people were 35 or younger and how they mentioned that they wouldn't have even been alive for the first movie because I feel like that does give such a testament to how this movie has aged and also the audience that Tom Cruise brings. You know, like I wasn't alive when this movie came out, but I've seen Top Gun and I haven't seen this one yet, but I would really like to see it. I really liked the first one and I'm sure that I would find this one entertaining as well. Also crazy that this is the movie that has made the most amount of money in the opening weekend in Tom Cruise's career. I don't know why, but I think I would have just thought that the movies that he's been in have been top grossing movies. And I also would have thought that those movies would have made more back when more people were going to movie theaters. Because that number, I suspect, has really dwindled. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about the demise of movie theaters for quite some time now. Just with everything going to streaming, the landscape changing, people's habits, behaviors changing. And then, of course, the pandemic did not progress movie theaters at all. So numbers like this are really interesting to me. These kind of case studies, like why this movie? You know, there clearly is a nostalgic element to it and a big name to it. 
So all those factors are involved, but I'm interested to see if more remakes level up to this. If you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, maybe this is your sign to check it out in theaters. I think it might be a sign for me too. I need to see what all the hype's about. Alright guys, that's it for what's hot. Let's get right into what's good. This past weekend, while it has been beautiful outside, I have also managed to consume a large amount of content. And what I've been watching mostly is season 4 of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. I've talked about this show before, it's on Netflix. I just love it. You guys know I'm obviously very obsessed with pop culture, with interviews, with getting to know these people on a deeper level apart from just the thing that they're famous for. And I feel like that's exactly what these kind of interviews do. David Letterman goes a little bit more in-depth into their lives. They're in situations and environments that the guests feel presumably very comfortable in, and it's way more of a candid conversation, which I personally love that kind of an interview style. So the episodes that I have seen from season 4 so far is episode 1 with Billie Eilish. I loved this one. Of course, it also featured Phineas, and any time that I get to see the interaction, the brother-sister relationship between Phineas and Billy. I just find it so incredibly special. I love how much respect they both have for each other, and it seems like they vocalize that as much as they can. Like, it's one thing to have so much admiration, respect for people that are closest to you, but to constantly remind them of that, and I'm sure that it is because they work in such close proximity that they get to kind of see each other's strengths all the time, so there's a lot to compliment. But I just love that. I love that they know what each other are really good at. I love that they hype each other up all the time incredibly supportive. So I felt like that interview was really interesting. It gave us a tiny bit more insight into their lives. The next episode that I watched was episode four, which I realize I went from episode one to episode four, but I kind of watched them out of order because I watch based on whichever interview I'm in the mood for at the time, which is something I personally really like about these interview series too. I can watch in whatever order, whenever I want. One does not relate to the other. It just makes it very easy to consume. But yes, next up for me was episode 4, an interview with Ryan Reynolds. David Letterman goes to him and Blake's house. They make pizza together. A fun little inside look to the Reynolds lively household. I love these two as a couple. Obviously, we do not know their relationship that well, only what they show us on social media. But regardless, what they show us, I love to see It was also really funny, at the very end of this interview, Dave goes, bye Blake, and Blake Lively kind of just peeps around the corner and she's like, bye Dave, but she wasn't in the interview at all, which means she was just kind of in the house when the whole thing was taking place, which I just thought that was a fun little tiny cameo from Blake Lively at the end. With this episode too, I thought it was really interesting how Ryan Reynolds was talking about his father in particular. It seems like he has a lot to say about their relationship or almost a lack thereof. And it's kind of interesting that at this point of his life, he does really want to overly share about it. There were multiple points within the interview that kind of unprompted Ryan Reynolds brought up his father. So it very much seemed that he wanted to talk about it and that he's kind of in real time realizing certain things about their relationship. And his father has passed away, so kind of uncovering these things as he speaks about is very interesting to listen to. And then the last episode that I've seen, which actually I'm in the middle of it, I haven't finished it yet, but I am very much enjoying it. I think I'm probably going to finish it tonight. It is episode 3 with Cardi B. 
she just seems like such a fun person to sit down with, have a conversation with. I love hearing more about her life, her talk about her family, her kids. Very entertaining. And then after her episode, I still have three episodes left. There are six episodes in this season, and like I said, four seasons. So if you have not seen any of these interviews, you can check them out on Netflix. Again, I personally love them. I think that the interview style is really fun to watch. And it does feel a bit different than the interviews that they're probably used to doing because it is more than just sitting down, listening, and speaking. There's an element of integrating into their lives that David Letterman brings to it that I feel like makes a lot of sense when you're trying to get to know somebody better and also when you're creating a piece of content for the world through this interview, which hopefully allows viewers to learn something new about these people that are already so public. Alright guys, next up for what's good are two accessories that are technically the same accessory, but two different items. They are both watches from the brand Fossil. The first watch is called Kerrigan Mini 3-Hand Rose Gold Toned Stainless Steel Watch. It's so cute, the band is like a link chain, and while it's a watch, it very much looks like it could be a bracelet, a jewelry piece, it's dainty, it's not clunky, so it does go with a lot of your smaller jewelry pieces, which I really like because I don't have anything like this. The face of it is also a really pretty pink color, which is so unique, so cute, perfect for summer. And guys, get this, on all Fossil watches, if you order them online, you get a free engraving. So of course, because it's a pink, peachy-ish color, I had to get something that made sense and tied a little bit into this podcast. On the inside of the watch, it says, stay peachy. A cute little reminder for myself, you guys could get the same one with the same engraving if you want. Just go to Fossil.com. The second Fossil watch is the Scarlet Mini 3-Hand Date 2-Toned Stainless Steel Watch. This watch is a perfect everyday watch. I'm personally a huge fan of 2-Toned. I think it's because for me, the jewelry that I wear is pretty much always 2-Toned. Some of my favorite pieces are gold. Some of my favorite pieces are silver, and I don't want to have to sacrifice wearing one just because I'm wearing the other. So this watch perfectly ties in all of my jewelry. It's a really nice size, it looks very elegant, it has Roman numerals on it, and like the name said, it also has the date on the watch. That tends to come in so useful, way more than I would think. If either of these sound appealing to you guys, you can find them both on Fossil.com. Like I said, if you order online, you can get a free engraving. The two-toned watch, I actually did not get it online. I got it in store, so I didn't get it engraved, but I kind of just love it as is. A staple piece. Now I have the best of both worlds. One incredibly unique one, and one that goes with everything. I have to say, getting two watches was not the plan, but I am just such a watch person. I think it started in my youth and I blame my mom and dad because they also love watches and I remember as a family, we all got Swatch watches one year and when I got that watch, I could not take it off. I loved it so much and it's more than just a functional piece. Like, yes, it does tell the time. Sometimes I do forget that about the watch. It serves a legitimate purpose. But more than that, it very much is a jewelry piece, an accessory, it goes with your outfits. I think it adds an element of sophistication, elegance. 
I love the look and there's so many ways to dress them down or up depending on what you pair with them. If you want to start with one that will not break the bank but definitely is still really great quality, check out Fossil. They have a really great selection, great customer service, and they have so many sales. I'm sure a ton to come this summer, so look out for those. Alright guys, last up for what's good, your songs to this week to hopefully get you in to that summer mood. A-OK by Ty Verdez and Where Are You Now by Lost Frequencies and Callum Scott. Both genuinely so fun to listen to. You can find them on the playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good on Spotify. Alright guys, last up for this episode today, Need to Know Basis. So bringing back what I briefly mentioned at the start of this episode, productivity. How we're feeling about it, where we stand. So depending on how long you guys have listened to this podcast, I did a whole episode about procrastinating called Procrastination Nation, episode 20. And basically in that episode, I talked about how to beat procrastination. And this kind of ties into this topic in that I think that's kind of a culprit of what halts productivity sometimes. But this topic specifically is about how to be productive. Like I alluded to earlier, I feel like I've kind of been in a productivity rut. And maybe, like I said, it's because it's getting nicer outside. Or maybe I'm just tired of going full speed ahead, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. But I do need something to re-inspire me, if you will. And just get me back on track. Because as much as I love downtime, I know we all do, and just pausing for a second, which can be much needed, I also get a lot of enjoyment and a lot of fuel out of accomplishing something. Being productive. Having something to show for it. So I've been thinking of ways to ensure that I'm putting productivity at the top of my mind again. First, set time for yourself to get things done. I am the master of snoozing reminders. Okay, so I think in the past I probably thought, set reminders on your phone. Which, yes, that's very helpful, but what's more helpful than just setting a reminder is setting time aside to complete the reminders. Because if all I do is set the reminder, more often than not, I'm just putting it off and off and off as much as I can. There's nothing really to keep me accountable to completing the reminder when I set the reminder for. Because in my mind, when that reminder pops up, I think, oh yeah, I just set it for now because I thought that I would have time at this specific time on this specific day. But now I don't have time, or now I don't really want to complete this task right now. But if you're intentional and set a day that this day I'm going to complete all of my reminders, I think it's a bit more productive than setting a bunch of reminders with a bunch of different times to complete them. My next tip is to change up your surroundings. I feel like this tip in particular is one, so easy to do, and also incredibly influential. If you take the time to change where you are, whether that's a different room in your apartment, or going to a coffee shop instead of staying at your place, or even going to a library or outside or something, changing up your surroundings can completely change your productivity. 
This one definitely works for me. Sometimes I just feel so stifled in the physical place that I am that I really just do need to change it up. I need to take a walk, shift the mindset, whatever it is. Altering your state of physical being seems like it wouldn't make a huge impact, but I think truly does. My next tip, one that actually really worked for me this past weekend, is don't just do the work. Have something else that day on the docket. For instance, this past Sunday, I did a little shopping, and then I had plans to go take myself out to lunch and do work while I was at lunch. And then after that, I knew that I wanted to go to another store before I went home. And I did all that for a couple reasons. One, so I wouldn't feel like my whole day was consumed with work, like I was doing something really fun as well. But two, so it made the work a part of my day. The work didn't infringe on my life. Because I decided to work while I ate, at a really cute lunch spot, with some good food, with a drink, it made the process really fun. It didn't feel so much like work. And of course, with this one in particular, This is not necessarily feasible for my job job, but when I'm working on things for Typically Peachy or any other projects that I'm doing, this is a great way for me to work. And going along with that, specifically how I said, I went shopping, then I did a work lunch for myself, and then I went to another store after, that in and of itself is something that I think is really helpful. Sandwiching your work. Something that you're really looking forward to, Something that you know that you need to get done, and then something else that you're really looking forward to. It's okay to try to make the majority of things that you're doing that day something that you want to do, especially if you're trying to be productive on a weekend. Alright, Monday through Friday is work enough, I think we all know that. But if you're trying to do your own side thing on the weekend, actually get stuff done for it, sometimes it's hard. When you realize that those two days are your only free days. But there are ways to not make your work consume your days off. And I know people may be listening to this and thinking, but Emma, you love your passion project. Typically, Peachy is something that you really like to do. Your side hustles are something that you really like to do. And while that's absolutely true, these are incredibly fun for me. It also does take a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of commitment, making sure that I stay productive. And just like you guys, I also want to have a life that doesn't feel completely consumed by work, even if it's something that I love. Sometimes you do just need time to do nothing. That's why it's about the balance, the sandwich, fun, work, fun. And maybe some days you're so busy that it's work, fun, work. You can change that around as much as you need to. And a tip that goes along with those last two is to make it fun. Like I said, your work doesn't always have to feel like work. And even if it's not the thing that you're passionate about, even if you are working on something that truly does just feel like work, you can make it fun in the items that you use to work. What I mean by that is maybe get a new notebook if you love that, or a new planner. Tying it all in, maybe a new watch. Watches can help you be very productive, you guys. Think about it, if you're looking at your wrist to check the time and not your phone, then you will not be distracted by your phone. I rest my case, everyone needs a watch. But seriously, if there are certain items that you can get for yourself, 
or certain environments you can be in or certain ways to do your work that's going to make it more fun for you, take those steps. Figure out what those things are for you. It's only going to help you be more productive. And my last tip, which I feel like is one that definitely helps me often, is remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. If it's your day job, you have a reason for working. Maybe you love what you're doing. Maybe you want to grow within your company. Maybe you're just trying to pay the bills. If it's your passion project that you're working on, you have worlds of reason for why you're doing that. It's something that you love. It's something that you want to spend time on without anyone telling you to do so. Reminding yourself why you're doing the work that you're doing as much as you can will produce productivity. It gives you a reason. It gives you a why. And it'll drive you to keep going. So even though it might be beautiful outside, the weather is warm, we want to do nothing but lay around, go in a pool, be by the beach, relax, let's all try our hardest to motivate each other, motivate ourselves to keep being productive. I know it can be hard, so I'll keep you guys accountable if you can keep me accountable. We got this, you guys. Hopefully some of those tips will help you. They've already started helping me. Like we always say on this podcast, one step at a time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. If it is nice by you guys right now, spend some time in the sun while producing productivity. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 